Imagine bold, naturally aged Tillamook cheddar slices melting over a burger, eating handfuls of thick-cut cheddar shreds straight from the bag, taking a bite out of an irresistibly bold block of extra-sharp cheddar cheese. We know you want to get back to streaming, but wasn't it nice to daydream about cheese for a bit? Tillamook Cheddar, extraordinary dairy. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. And now, join Kevin Hart as he dives into the minds of some of the world's funniest comedians. This is Comedy Gold Mines with Kevin Hart. Welcome. Welcome to an all-new episode of Comedy Gold Mines. God, how excited I get about this show. Why? Well, because we get inside the brilliant minds of comedians. And yes, yes, you guessed it. I'm about to say it. Oh, my. What an amazing mind we're about to get into today. A great mind. A great mind and a good heart. How about I say that? No pun intended. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Joe Coy to Comedy Gold Mind. Hey. What up, Joe? What's up, Kevin? How you doing, man? Long time, dude. I know, dude. It's been way too long. It's been a minute. It's been, a, it's been, fuck, how long has it been since I've seen to talk to you? Uh, the last time was, well, when I got Comedian of the Year at JFL was the last time I spoke to you. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. That was before my accident. Yeah, man. Holy shit. We're probably a little over, a little over two years, maybe, or like yeah. the edge of two years, man. It's crazy that you say when you got Comedian of the Year, because that's a great place to start. That was a well-deserved award. You know, I don't think that I've seen a better rise and more deserved fucking rise with accolades attached to it. You are a guy who's come up and who is truly, you've earned your fucking stripes, dude. Thank you, man. It was a long journey, bro. It was a long, long journey, bro. Well, let's start from the beginning. How long have you been doing comedy, Joe? This is my 30th year. That's actually going to be 31, Kevin. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, started in 89, bro. Vegas. 31 years. Does that blow your mind that you have supported yourself telling jokes over the course of time and look back and you got 31 years of laughter attached to your life? Yeah, it's, it's so funny because, uh, like, I say 31 years, but, like, when I go over it in my head, it goes by so fast. Like it, it was the fastest 31 years of my life, but it, it was the most enjoyable too. That's, that's the crazy thing. There was never a bad year. Mm. I enjoyed every single minute of it. And, and I loved it when I was broke, when I was rich, I didn't, I didn't care. I was doing stand up, and that's all that mattered. You know, what's crazy. You know what you said? That's, that's so interesting and mind blowing, man. You said it went by so fast. Yeah. And, and when you say that, I immediately just thought about it myself, and I'm like, God damn, it does. Mm -hmm. It does. You look up, you see where you are now, and you're, you're trying to pull memories from where you used to be. Yeah. And now, and remembering those places that you used to be, there's such a joy attached to those memories, to the struggle, to the triumph, et cetera. 
but it does go by fast. So fast. I'm thinking about you and I at the Chelsea Lately days. Yeah. Like I'm thinking about us doing Chelsea Lately. And uh, for my listeners at the time, this was Chelsea Lately's show. And what Chelsea did that was so dope, man, she allowed comedians uh, the opportunity to come on and be a part of like one of the bigger portions of her show where she basically had segments where she would talk about things but the comedians chimed in and we got an opportunity to be personable, be funny, be ourselves and build a rapport with Chelsea while at the same time elevating our fan base or you know uh starting to grow a said fan base yeah. and joe and yeah. myself on this particular platform we were favorites we were we were fa yeah. fucking favorites man and that show was it was like a big deal it was even at that time when i was doing it it was a it was a really big deal for me i want to talk to you about what you feel your big deals were what were your big breaks you know in 30 years when did you see a change when did you see the fucking the road start to turn i think uh when i got the tonight show that's when it changed for me mm. and that was just supposed to be you know at that time you know good videotape to to submit to the clubs you know what i mean oh i got i finally got a i got tonight show video and mm -hmm. but i didn't know it was going to change my life uh, you know, I didn't know how many people were going to watch that show. I was working at Nordstrom Rack selling shoes at the time. And I remember the next day, every other person was walking up to me going, oh, my God, you were so funny. Can I get this in a size eight? I was like, God damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me get this fucking shoe. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, but you that, we can finish talking about the performance when I come back. I'm going to come back yeah. with your size, but please finish telling yeah. me what you thought. Yeah. Chances are I'm probably not going to have your shoe now that you said that. So. <laughs> what after, after the Tonight Show, was it an immediate decision to stop working? What was the turn of saying, you know what, maybe this, the job side of it is going to have to stop so I can put my full focus into this craft? No, I, I, I got a deal because of it. I got like a commercial deal from, mm. from that performance. It was crazy. And everything just started snowballing. And, and that was the last time I ever had a part-time job, Kevin. That was it. At, at, after, after the Tonight Show. You know, it's crazy. We share the same synergy in selling shoes. I sold shoes. City Sports of Philadelphia. Really? City Sports of Philadelphia. <laughs> I sold shoes. That's what I was doing before Let's the Amish night. Maybe there's something there. Yep. Note to this younger generation of comedians. Uh, I don't know what it is. Something about attaching your hand to a sneaker and a sale. Yeah. I know a lot of comedians that at one point worked in the shoe department. There's about a good seven different comics that I know sold shoes. Yeah. Dead serious. It's selling shoes is easy. <laughs> it's, you know I mean? it's, it's where your That's personality it. comes into play yeah your personality comes into play and then two fuck this job <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy fuck this job how's that bye i'm out, I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. There's another department store with shitty shoes to sell. Yeah, this is, I don't, I don't, you know what, guys, this is an easy decision for me. Deuces. I'm yeah. out. <laughs> when you say you got a, a deal, what was the deal? How much did you get? What was the deal for? It was called Amp Mobile. It was a cellular phone company that was like streaming for the first time. So they, they were like their, their big thing was streaming service. And they hired me as the poster boy, man. Wow. I, I think I made like, they would take me, they would take me on these little promotional tours where they were selling their phone to like buyers, but before they would sell the phone to the buyers, they would hire a comic. And I was that comic. They were giving me like four grand a show. Oh my God. It was like, yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. You, talk so, about you were rich. That was loaded. Bro. It was fucking rich. You, four grand rich. a show, four grand bro. a show for a comic in those beginning stages. Are you, yep. are you kidding me? 
How many shows did you do? I think I did probably about six or seven. But on top wow. of that, they gave me a commercial. And that was another like 75,000. It was a national oh campaign too. Yeah, it was it was crazy, what, bro. Amp Mobile. What are you talking about? You were fucking loaded. I can't believe yeah. you had such a such a head start in this business. You you lucky bitch. Jesus uh, Christ. But, <laughs> but Kevin, that came, you know, 17 years into my stand-up. Mm. Now we get into it. 17. So you were already 17 years in of, of struggle. I was already 17 years in, yeah. So you kept the job. So then you were working for the first half of your stand-up career. You you had a part-time job. Yeah, I never wanted to quit. I was I was so nervous, man. Really? I always wanted to make sure I had some type of money, some type of income. So I, I always made sure I had a job. Do you feel like that helped or hurt uh, in the beginning stages? Like, you know, just kind of having a fear as to, you know, if having a fear of of not being comfortable. Do you feel like that helped to hurt you back then? I think uh, like sometimes I look at it, Kevin, and I go, man, why didn't I quit earlier? Right. Mm -hmm. But then, but then I'm like, no, I'm glad I did it. Cause mm -hmm. I think, I think where I'm at now is, is the most perfect time. And mm -hmm. I think keeping those jobs when I did are the reason why I'm here now. Mm -hmm. I never look back at, at what I did as a mistake. You know, I feel like I wasn't prepared. I wasn't ready. And I think that was the right decision at the time. Fairly a responsible guy, Joe, like uh, within like just, you know, life and responsibilities and bills and, and things like, were you always a guy who just kind of had it in order of knowing my priorities, my responsibilities. I'm not going to leave this job. I want to do stand up, but I have to do this because I have to secure this. Like, were you always that? I was that, but check this out, Kevin. I knew what I wanted. So it was always a part-time job for me. So when I got offered like big opportunities, like uh, there was one time where I could have been a like valet at the Mirage. And this is during the time where valet was making, you know, six figures back in the day. They were making yeah. money. And I remember yeah. looking at the guy and turning it down and he, his mouth dropped. He's like, what are you doing? Because my mom hooked me up with that job because she knew his mom. It was all like this whole favorite thing. And I remember telling him, uh, I want to be a comic, man. And if I, if I take this job, I'm going to be too comfortable and I don't want to be comfortable. And I, oh. and I remember turning that down that job. It was crazy. What point where, what point in your, uh, life and your career was that? Was that, was that beginning of the 17, the first 17 middle? Yeah, where? that was right around, man. I'd have to say year, year six. Wow. Yeah. Joe, that's pretty fucking strong. Yeah. I, I, but I knew, man, I knew Kevin, like I always knew, dude, just like with Chelsea, you know, like, I don't know if you know this, uh, Kevin, I was supposed to be chewy. Like, like I was supposed to be Chelsea's sidekick. No, I didn't know that. Are you serious? Yeah. So like I met Chelsea through John Lovitz and, um, and John, I swear to God, I was opening for John Lovitz. He goes, you have to meet my friend, Chelsea Handler. She's hysterical. She's my only friend on MySpace. And I went to MySpace and it was literally his only friend. It was like Tom and Chelsea. And, uh, and that's how I met Chelsea. And, uh, and then she started coming around and, and then she had this, uh, this show in development with E. And she was like, I want you to be my sidekick. I want you to do this man on the street stuff and blah, blah, blah. We went through every phase together, man. We were you know, meetings together. And then right at the last second, 
I called her up and I said, uh, I don't want to do it. And I was working at Nordstrom Rack still, Kevin. And, uh, and she cursed me out, Kevin. She's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, this is the worst decision of your life. You, you, are, you are making the worst fucking mistake of your life. This, is, this show's going to be a fucking hit. You're going to be working at the shoe store. Like, she was just cursing me out. Sounds like Chelsea, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it was. With love. Is love attached to those cuss words? But yeah. I can definitely hear the passion in it. Go ahead. Yeah. And then she hung up the phone on me. And, uh, and then six months later, Chelsea Lately took off. And I remember my ex-wife picked me up at Nordstrom Rack. And she's like, have you ever heard of Chelsea Lately? Oh, no. And I'm like, no. yeah. And she's like, this oh, show is no. amazing. And there it is. There it was. It was on TV. And I was just like, fuck, man. I thought I made the worst decision. But I'm glad I didn't do that, man. Because I, I knew I wanted to be known for my stand-up and for me. And I didn't want to be known mm. as a sidekick or someone else's uh partner in crime or whatever you know what i mean i didn't want to be that where did that where did that put your relationship where did you guys find a uh you know a solve um where you guys were able to to get past that and and get back to being friends yeah about 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 six months into the show she gave me a call and then uh i knocked it out of the park the first you know the first time i was on on the panel and and then it was done you know how chelsea is yeah you know she has her words and then and then she's all business. She knows what she was doing. It's just, you know how that platform was. She knew how to share the limelight with everybody. And, and she knew that it took us as well to make it successful. So that's what was so cool about Chelsea. She shared it with us. No, she you have to give Chelsea, you know, her flowers. I I love Chelsea to death. I always have. And I, I love that, you know, she was selfless in that. She was selfless yeah. within her her world. That was her show. She controlled it. She navigated it, and and she wanted to see other comics flourish. And I think that's a big thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a special yeah, thing. Man. But at the same time, I want to take the time to acknowledge you and and your insight of self, like knowing. All right, well, I know that I have something different. I know that I want something different, and I don't want to go in a direction that's the opposite of where I think I'm ultimately going to get to. I think, yeah. you know, for you to pass those tests early on in your career, that that's as good as it gets, man. You know, passing the test of, you know, comfort within financial circumstance. That's a big one. Yeah. That's a fucking yeah. big test at six years in when you're not making fucking money, you, you pass that test. And then there's another test where you get to be on TV and there's this opportunity of sidekick, you know, um, I can't even say that I would have done that. You know, I, I think cool. that I probably would have jumped at the opportunity because at, at early on in your career, anything attached to TV, you're like, this is it. I'm going to fucking yeah. make it. This is it. Yeah. I, I'm out of here. I'm to the races. Exactly. So now you've made these decisions. Like you said, Chelsea, the thing comes on. It's a hit. Fuck, you're in your head about it. But then you go on the show. Uh, you knock it out the park. When did you start to pick up personal like stand-up steam because i know that you were working at clubs for a while but then you you went from like you went from like the the first opener to like a feature for people on the road like you you were starting to to become the strong feature when did you make the transition to headliner what what was the thing that gave you that jump i uh i made that transition fast Kevin, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I don't think was, I, I know. I, I don't think I, uh, I think personally, I, it was a, a financial thing too. 
because I have my son and mm -hmm. I knew feature money wasn't where it was. So I, I needed to, to be a headliner and I needed to be a headliner fast. And, um, and that happened right away for me. You know, the improvs were the ones that, uh, that, that took on that risk first with me. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember um, when I was at the improvs, I just remember telling them no more two for one. Oh, and, and <laughs> that was crazy. And I remember it was in, it was in Tampa, the Tampa Bay improv. When, uh, when I went up to the manager and I go, Hey man, no more two for ones this whole week. Uh, either we sell these tickets, uh, or we don't sell them. Ooh. And, uh, and I remember the Thursday show was like maybe 20 people, but I, I knew I would crush. And I was like, I'll come back next year and there'll be 40 or 60, whatever the case mm -hmm. may be. But if I, if I, if I do two for ones then I'm always going to be a two for one comic. Mm. And, and uh, if I come back asking for money next time, they're going to be like, nah, usually we get two for ones. You know what I mean? So yeah. I knew mm. I had to stop that right away. And, and that's, that's how it all went down, man. For my listeners to clear up what he means when he says two for ones, you know, is basically you buy for the price of one ticket, you're getting two, right? You know, it was, it yeah. was always enticing, uh, an audience to to basically come to shows where they may or may not know the comic uh because they want to get you there because the money they felt was in the food and beverage so as long as we get you in the seat we're going to make money on food and beverage yeah. so you know for comedians um if you are comfortable in their business uh acumen and in their their approach to to how they're going to make money like joe said you can find yourself in a tunnel of revolving income it's not going to change yeah unless you're one of the comics that take the risk and a lot of comics don't like to take that risk Kevin. no no a lot of I, comics like to be comfortable they'd rather just get that paycheck and then and just do the two for ones and fill up the room but you're not establishing a fan base mm -hmm. you're you're just packing a room mm -hmm. you know and 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 they're always going to want they're always going to know you as a two for one comic and i and i made sure that that i Establish that right away that I wasn't a two for one comic. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. Did you guys hear about that couple that went on vacation and one spouse murdered the other? In fact, the entire vacation was planned just so that they could make the murder look like an accident. Ah, so like a slaycation. Oh boy, sounds like a fun new true crime podcast to me. On every episode of Slaycation, we'll examine true cases of people who were killed while on vacation. Was it murder? <coughs> or just a horrible accident? <coughs> That's up to you and the law to decide. But either way, if you leave for your vacation in the plane and come home under the plane, you've definitely gone on a Slaycation. Join us every week for a fascinating new episode. 911, what's your emergency? But make sure to pack your body bags, because getting away can be murder. This is Slaycation. Slaycation.
Well, I got two two questions here. You know, the first one is, you know, you said that this wouldn't you being a two for one comic, of course, wasn't going to cut it because you had you had your son and you said yep. you had to get to being a headliner fast because the money of a feature and the opener just wasn't good. At what point in your career did you have your son? Uh, I had him, dude, man, about, oh, God, 10 years in, 11 years in. 10 years in. Yeah. And was that a scare factor for you? No, I was going to say, yeah, but no, I was so excited. I didn't care how broke because I was, I was a hustler, man. You know what I mean? I was, it it didn't matter to me. I was always going to make my money, man. You know what I mean? I was selling DVDs. I was selling CDs. I was, you know, I was always going to make a couple hundred here, a hundred there, a hundred there. You know, I was, I was, I was good. Um, You're going to figure it out. I was going to figure it out, man. And um, so, yeah, I wasn't nervous. Uh, It just motivated me. And I, I just knew I wanted to impress my son. I knew that was my end goal. You know what I mean? I wanted to show my son that, yeah, dad chased a dream and he made it happen. And that's what I wanted him to see. Cause you know, being a comedian, especially when you're Filipino, that's not, that's not a career choice. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's ultimate failure. Basically. Is it one that was supported by, by your parents, by your mom and dad? Was it supported by my mom? Absolutely not. Yeah. She wanted me to quit right away. Um, and then, you know, of course, you know, she makes sense. You know what I mean? Immigrant mom, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you have a kid and, and he ends up being a comic and now he has a kid and, you know, she's nervous. I get it. But I just had to prove everybody that this was the right move. When you say everybody, uh, you know, I said mom and dad, you said your mom. Was there a dad, a relationship with the dad or no? No, nah, I mean, my dad and my mom divorced when I was 10. So. You know, my dad, you know, started another family. He moved to another state and I was basically raised by my mom and, and, you know, my aunt. So that's why I talk so much about my mom and that, that part of the culture so much, because that's all I can identify with, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's sad, you know, my dad and I have made up since then, you know, but, uh, it just sucks because, uh, the one thing I did learn from that is, you know, I don't want my son to feel that way the way I felt, you mm. know, I don't ever want to feel mm. like I'm not around. And that's how I felt when my dad was never around. It just, it, it, it fucking sucked, you know? And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I don't want my son to ever feel the way I felt ever. But I mean, I know that you say it sucks. I'm just always big on trying to find a, a positive and a negative. You know, I do know what it's like to have a dad that, you know, wasn't around as much as he should have been. I, I can't say that he was, completely absent he had his bouts with drugs etc but just what what you just said is is something that i relate to so much like you you don't want your son to feel what you once felt right and that feeling of damn where's my dad or i wish my dad or my dad said he was coming didn't come you know what impact that had so you know the the level of love that you throw into your child and the level of communication the 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 knowledge all the things that you are doing to not only provide but to prepare that comes from you not having that thing right and yeah and yep. you you took that you took that negative and you've you've made it a positive and and all i hear from you as we're talking which is so dope to to just hear you say and and speak so confidently about is i was good I, I was going to figure it out. I wasn't worried. I, I was going to get to the money. 
that wasn't going to work for me. I did this. Like I'm hearing a high, high level of confidence. You're so yeah. fucking confident. So, you know, I don't know what your mother did, but it was fucking, <laughs> it was, it was right. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't yeah. seem like it was, it, it was something that, that was missing. Like for you to have this mochismo, you know, I, I don't know yeah. where the fuck I pulled that word from, by the way, but, it popped <laughs> out. but for you to have that, that's a thing that's in, that's embedded yeah. in you. So, you know, something from that Filipino household and background with your, your mother and your aunt, it definitely is embedded in you. Yeah, man. I, I do get that confidence from my mom. And, you know, I always try and explain to like these kids today. It's like, you know, imagine my mom in the seventies coming to America you know, all of a sudden divorced by herself. And now you have to find Filipino friends. There's no Facebook. There's no Instagram. There's no nothing. You literally had to walk up to people and be like, Filipino. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and, and that, imagine just being that person. Mm. Imagine that life, man. Like the confidence that my mom had to have just to find a community of people that that shared the same culture and food and talked the same language just so that she felt, you know, that she has a purpose, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? In America, because, you know, that, that time was so racist at that, you know what I mean? And, and, and here she is raising this little half white, half Asian kid and, you know, uh, dealing with racism. You know, I remember one time this, this little kid pulled his eyes back on my mom at a mall and, and, and my mom's reaction was like, Oh, he's just trying to be funny, Joseph. But, Imagine how hard that crushed her, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And to not be able to have a voice back then because, you know, even though she's an American, she still feels like a guest in this country. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's got to be a shitty feeling, man. So, yeah, I learned from that. Indirectly, I learned from that confidence from my mom and, and, and just that mentality. And, and I think that's where I got it from. In fact, I know that's where I got it from. I don't want to skip too much, but I feel like this is a great segue with your success and, you know, the the amount of money that's come with your success. What have you done for your mom? <laughs> Everything. Uh, you know, I think buying her house was the, the most amazing thing, you know, oh and then God. I think she's on car three now. So it's Jesus, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, if it wasn't for I wouldn't be here, man. So. Well, it's, 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 I'm just happy that I'm in that position to, to do that. It comes full circle, man. And, you know, providing any level of comfort and stability for your mother, especially after, you know, she's put the amount of work in that she's put in into just raising you, providing for you. It's another example. I hate to say it cause it's so cliche, but of how hard work pays off. Yeah. Right. And, and it hard work comes in so many different shapes sizes right it's not just yeah. with a pen to a piece of paper it's it's not just at at life it's like you know it's fucking it's it's in anything right it's truly in anything and your mother put a lot of hard work in and you're yeah. the reward the reward yeah, is your your success the man that you've become the triumph that you've been able to achieve uh in life yeah, what is your your book didn't you write a book yeah bro what is it? It's a uh, mixed plate, right? Yep. Mixed plate. There you go. See, I know shit, Joe. <laughs> I know shit. Uh, and it's chronicles of an all American combo. Yeah, man. Right. Yes, sir. Give me some insight. Give me some insight so we can toss some love to your book. This book, man, I, I just wanted people to hear my story, dude. Like it was a struggle. Just like I said earlier about my mom dealing with racism, you know, when I was a kid and, 
you know, I, I wanted to get into detail uh, about things that I can't say on stage. You know, when you're on stage, you have the responsibility of being funny, but yet I still tell my truth, you know what I mean? But I still have to be funny. Whereas the book, I don't really have to be funny. You know what I mean? No, you can be honest. You can be fucking honest. Yeah. And and dump it all out and 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 be very vulnerable and and be very transparent and 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 hopefully people will relate to that. But I'll tell you one thing, man, it was so therapeutic for me, bro. Absolutely. Uh, you know, talking about my brother, which, you know, I've been I hate saying this, but I was so embarrassed to tell people I had a brother, you know, and and you know, because my brother has schizophrenia and and, you know, every time people ask me, do you have siblings? I always said I have sisters, but I never said I had a brother because I was so embarrassed. And, mm-hmm. and that's, that's the times that I grew up in. And that's, and that's not a healthy time, you know, where, where you're supposed to keep that to yourself. Oh, that's a family secret. You guys keep that to yourselves. No, man, you, it's okay to talk about stuff like that. Mental health mm-hmm. is real and, and mm-hmm. everyone suffers from it and everyone deals with it. And, and when you let your story out and let people know, uh, you, you'll realize that you're not alone. And, uh, mm. and, and it's a beautiful thing to, to, to relate to other people that, that can tell you that, hey, I, I, I suffer with mental health issues also. Yeah, you're giving other people the confidence to have courage to speak their truth as well. Exactly. And, and, and I think, you know, uh, A, I, I applaud you for reaching the space of, of you know, being confident enough to to finally talk about it, like you said, to to release the stuff that you've been holding on to. Yeah. Um, but I think that's the that's the crazy part about us as comedians, yeah. right? Like you, you know, we we put on the face of funny, and the face of funny is real. It really is who we are. I want I want my audience to understand that we truly are funny people. Yeah. But as funny people, we do a good job of covering up some of our dark shit because we have to be funny seven nights a week. You bury a lot of that dark shit. Mm-hmm. You bury a lot of it. You just fucking, you, you, you go past it and you act as if it doesn't exist because you got to be funny. Yeah. And the laughs act as band-aids for a lot of comedians with a lot of the shit that they deal with. It acts as some fucking thick band-aids, but eventually you got to address that scar. Yeah. You have to. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Joe, I love what you're saying, because I think even you saying this for other comics, for this younger generation, older generation, whatever, you know, it's dope for people to know who you are mm-hmm. and, and not half of who you are when we're in the business of transparency. Yeah. And that's what comedians are. We're in the business of transparency, of authenticity. That's so true. This is who the fuck I am. Yeah, this man. is what you get. I love that. What else? What else did you feel you touched on in a book that you that you were so happy to finally get out? Um, you know, just everything from the business. You know, I really wanted to let people know just how hard it was for me. It wasn't easy, man. You know what I mean? And 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 there was a lot of decisions that I made. You know that, uh, like I, I pat myself on the back to this day, man, because there are times where I just wanted to walk away, bro. And, uh, mm. and I'm glad I did it. And, uh, you know, people see my Netflix specials and I'm like, you know, a lot of people, oh, the reason why you blew up, Joe, is because your Netflix special. Well, you yeah. know, to be honest, Netflix didn't give me a special. They turned me down. You know, mm. they turned me down so many times. And uh, I went and shot that special myself with my money after they already mm. said no. And, uh, 
And then when I shot it and brought it back to them, they bought it from me. And, and you know, the, the rest is history. But it, it was me that made that decision, you know. You took the risk. Yeah, yeah. You took high the risk. risk. You took the burden. Exactly. High risk, high reward, mm-hmm. man. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and don't, don't ever tell me uh, the reason why my success is happening is because someone gave it to me. I did this. Mm. And, mm. and, 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 you know, sometimes people have to look at someone's backstory and their history before you make a, any type of judgment. You know what I mean? I'm going to give you some, some insight. I don't give advice. I'm, I'm at this thing now. Where I don't give advice because I'm not telling people things for them to do what I did. I give information just to try to, you know, make people aware. Yeah. Um, I was guilty. I was heavily guilty of what you just said for a while, right? And and it was the eye, the eye monster, mm-hmm. right? Fucking, I did this. I bust my ass. I did. This. I'm the one that fucking went. I, yeah. I, I, right? Some truth to that. It's a lot of truth to that. I definitely did. I definitely fucking did. I definitely grinded. I definitely put blood, sweat, and tears into this thing. But you're not by yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. So even even when you say the I side of it, you're not by yourself. And that that's in so many different ways. Right. So many different fucking ways. I truly believe that, you know, stars, stars aren't seen a lot. Mm-hmm. You can you can look up on the sky. You know, they're there. Yeah. But those ones that shine. Are fucking rare. Oh, fuck. You see that? That star right there shining like you see that? not a lot of them we know they're there you can look up in the sky i know for a fact stars are up there but how many of them shine joe yeah how many of them fucking shine exactly so i believe when you are a person that reaches said status or said success there's a there's from whatever it is that you may or may not believe in there's a thing attached to that you're you're a chosen one like you're you're a fucking workhorse that's embedded in you that's a that's a thing and when you talk about what people have and what people don't have, they don't have that thing. Mm-hmm. Yo, you got a thing. Mm-hmm. You got a fucking uh, ambition, a thing. But that's, it's, it's given. It's, it's, it's developed, right? Yeah. So when you say the I, just always think about like, yo, no, nah, I got some, some people that were with me. You know, whether it's the mom, whether it's the son, whether it's what this energy that you have, whether it's a higher power you believe in, whatever this thing may be, because I can't speak for you. I'm just whatever it is, it comes from somewhere. Yeah. And and what made me aware of that, my accident. My accident showed me I'm not in control. Yeah. Right. And that's when I start, that's when I fucking start with the I, 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 I. Cause I was like, oh, I, I don't control shit. I can say whatever, but that fast, it was almost over. Yeah. It was almost over. So I'm not the one that's just navigating and moving. Okay, Kevin, let's let's slow down, continue to work, but let's be aware. I say this to you to say, or to to put out there for you, make sure you're aware, Joe, like. You're a fucking hustler. You're ambitious. You're driven. And you create these moments that have come and you've done a great job of it. But just remember, you got some fucking, there's something in there. Mm. You're special. Thank right? you. Yes. That comes from somewhere. It's just just something to put in there for you. 
right? So, yeah, you need your chip. You need your chip on your shoulder. You need your fucking your reason for an attitude. And I get why, because I know where you come from after hearing you talk. But I'm telling you, I I was guilty of that and recently. And I'm, I'm, I'm younger than you. I'm 41. But I swear to God, it's helped me so much more since I've, since I've done that. Because I still move the same way. I'm just much more, much more like, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm uh, what's the word? I'm just a little more fucking gracious within it. Yeah. I'm just very thankful. Yeah. Right. Regardless of who it is, I'm just very thankful. Yeah. Cause I, cause I understand that it doesn't have to be, it doesn't. Yeah. But when you talk about, when you talk about creating your moments, Joe, that's special. Thank you, man. Taking your fucking money, shooting your own special, then going back and selling it to the same people that told you no, that's fucking special. Thank you, man. That's special. Appreciate that. That's my little, that's my, my little piece of information. Thank Nothing you. more. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. I will say this, Kevin. I want to say this about, well, you know, I've known you for so long. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and just seeing your rise because, I, you know, I felt like we were always on this, this uh, climb together. And then, of course. That's what made it so, so exciting to see one another. By the way, yeah, and then and then the Kevin Hart climb just went, you know, it just kind of took off on some SpaceX shit, <laughs> and then um, <laughs> like this motherfucker got rocket boosters. Were we just friends? Yes. <laughs> Motherfucker, I just got a manicure with him. We were just, we were just, me and Kevin were just, we just were literally. I just saw what <laughs> I just got a pedicure with him at JFL. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I remember um, one thing. One thing when, when people get successful, right? They like I, I feel like there's a lot of jealousy, right? Mm-hmm. When people see someone like Kevin blow up the way you did, you know, people look at it and get very jealous. And then and you can use that. They use that that jealousy, and it 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 ruins whatever it is that they 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 plan on doing in their career because mm-hmm. they're consuming their 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 drive with jealousy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of learning from someone's success or appreciating someone's success, because I will say this, man, when you blew up, I was like, what the fuck? Right. But I remember saying and I, it was in an interview and you can watch it. It's on AOL Bill. And they were like, what's next for you? And I go, Kevin Hart showed the world that you can play arenas. Wow. So I want to play arena. And I go. So that means I can play an arena. Wow. Wow. And, and 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 literally a year after I said that about you, I was playing arena. Wow. So I, it's just like your motivation, like like indirectly, like I would just watch you and just get motivated and go, okay, this man is showing everybody that it's possible. So do what it is that he's doing to make it happen. And that's exactly what I did, man. And I, I remember writing down a list of arenas that I wanted to play. I told my manager. And I was like, hey, Kevin did it. I'm going to do fucking it. Fucking do it. Why not? 
Why not? Right? Here, here's. I remember you posted, you posted the trailer to your to your special, right? This is before yeah. your your special dropped. Uh, the your latest one where you where you go home um, and you, in his elements. Yes, Philippines. Yes, you yes. go to the Philippines. Uh, you had the the other Philippine comic Filipino comics with you. Um, yeah. I mean, do you get there from when you land to the to the? Uh, I forgot the car. What's the name of the car? The the jeepney. Jeepney. There it is. Picks you mm-hmm. up. You just you expand in the culture from the food uh, to dance to everything, and then you go to stand. Yeah. But I remember the the shot of the arena, right, of the space that yeah. you were performing in, and the audience, yeah. and and instantly, instantly after seeing that. I said, I'm so fucking happy for Joe. I'm so oh, happy man. for Joe because I know how hard Joe works, but I know how much you love the craft. And you and, yeah, and in that special, what I took from it was your love for your people, for your heritage. Like there was such an abundance of, I want to inspire my home and the people here to understand that we can do there, there is no reason why we can't come and get it done. Yeah. I'm getting it done, guys. So so here's the door. Here's the door that's now open. Fuck, guys. Let's let's just show that our culture is talented. Our, our, our culture can do. Yeah, and, and that, to me, that was so strong. Like, you know, I, I watch things and I, I, I rewatch them. I watch it and I rewatch it. And it's and it's what's the real intent here? What's the purpose? That's the thing that I took from it, man. I just wanna I wanna applaud you. Get your fucking flowers that you deserve. I think that's that's powerful. It's because it wasn't Thank just you. about you. You didn't make Mm-mm. your special just about you. Thank you, man. So congrats on that, man. And I understand why they had to buy it. They had to. Yeah. They had to. You can't walk away from that. Thank you. So fucking dope. What comedians inspire you? I know you just said what you said about me. So we can we can leave me out of this. Who who acted as inspiration and motivation for Joe Coy? Who did you watch early on in your career? Like, fuck, man, that they're good. They're good. The way they put their jokes together, the way they fucking approach the sage. That's what I need to do. I was in love with well, one, Eddie Murphy was amazing to me. Um mm-hmm. just his characters, you know what I mean? His storytelling was amazing, mm-hmm. how physical he was. Um, and then, of course, you know, if, I, if I'm going to knock down specials, I mean, there's so many to choose from. Bring the Pain was amazing. Uh, Jeez. Yeah, and then, of course, everyone seems to forget about Sinbad's uh, special, by the way. Fuck yeah! You, are you talking about uh, where, where he came down the the aisle yeah. with the 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 shoes, the platform yeah, shoes, man. and the the mink coat? Oh my god, bro! Like oh my god, he like he clean comedy at its finest, at its finest, bro, and at and its a, finest, and a crusher, a crusher, man, a beast. Um, and then uh, Brian, and then of course uh, special Richard Richard Jenny, and um, Ooh. what a joke, what a joke writer, man! Ooh, like, yes. Uh, I, that was my first date I ever took somebody. I took this girl to to go see Richard Jenny live. Uh, I think it was called Platypus Man. And yeah, man, just uh, those were my inspirations, man. Robin Williams live at the Met. Uh, Bill, oh, Co- Bill Cosby himself. 
a Whoopi Goldberg around the world in, in 20 motherfucking days or whatever it was called. Special. Special. Unbelievable. That was so unbelievable. Ahead of its time. And um, I'm so glad you brought up Sinbad, man. People, I, I feel like everyone forgets that, that how amazing it was. People don't understand, yeah, how how fucking great Sinbad was. Like, and, I, and I'm not saying was, because still is. Sinbad still does comedy, so so there's no was. I, I I take that back. I'm saying Sinbad has historic moments in this business. Yeah, man, he does have historic moments in this fucking business, man. Mm-hmm. That's but, great. I, I'm I'm glad you fucking said that. And a great list. Even Whoopies. Whoopies. <laughs> you brought up a great goddamn list. Yeah. That's being a student of the craft. That's what that is. Yeah. I've watched Whoopi. I think I watched that about a, a thousand times. I had it on videotape. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't stop watching it because the way she would just put a t-shirt on her head and become a little white girl. <laughs> or, you know, or do the Rastafari. <laughs> like, it was just so mind-blowing to me how 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 much control she had on stage, you know, and, and how she became these characters. It was just amazing to me. Who is from the younger generation? Is there anybody that has your attention from the younger generation? Any, uh, any of the new guys that you like? Uh, yeah, there's some cats out there. Uh, Mateo Lane is really funny. Okay. Out of I New like York. Um, I know who that is. Mm-hmm. Oh, you like Mateo? Yeah. He's funny. Yeah. Uh, okay. I like fortune Feenster. Um, mm-hmm. You know Fortune. Um, God, I, I don't know off the top of my it's head, man. I got to like see it's a, him. It's a lot out there. I just like to see just yeah. if, there's, if there's anybody that, you know, has your attention. Like, oh, my God, these these guys are good. You know, I, I think it's important just for for the comics that have experienced, you know, the the height of success that, that you know, very few get an opportunity to go just it's just to be mindful of who else is out there the 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 younger generations that are coming up you know because ultimately we want this to go on we want this to continue to yeah break new ground and and reach new heights i mean yeah i think I've, i've never seen comedy more uh more prominent and dominant than what it's been in the last couple of years the focus that's been put on uh comedians and what a comedian says and and impact that these things can have you know it's just it's just been a lot but it's shown you how important comedy is and you know the things that comedians you know deem as funny like being being the the height of topics it just it just shows you where where our craft is in the business of entertainment so it's it's Mm -hmm. one that you just want to constantly see progress and progress uh progress in the direction of better you know what I mean? And not worse. Um, exactly. What else for yeah. Joe Coy? Tell me what else you want to do, man. What do you feel like you haven't done that you want to do? What's your fault? Fo- what are you focusing on now? I'm shooting this movie right now. Good for you, dude. And, uh, Good for yeah, you. man. And um, yo, it, it's so crazy because my second special on Netflix, Coming In Hot, <laughs> came out. And <laughs> and, uh, and, and Spielberg watched it and, uh, and, and gave me a deal, bro. So that's what's going on right now, man. What the fuck are you talking? Like what? I know, man. It, it's so crazy, Kevin. Did he call you? Did how did he, how did how did you find out? Uh, he brought me in for a meeting, uh, and basically said, "Want to shoot a movie with you?" And pitched the idea of Easter Sunday, and and here we are in Vancouver, shooting this movie. Fucking Spielberg. Spielberg, man. Fucking crazy. Huge fan. Do you understand how amazing that is to randomly get a call? Unbelievable. From Spielberg saying, I watched this special. Yeah. 
And he told everyone, <laughs> and he told everyone at Amblin to watch the special too. That was like their assignment. Good for you, Joe. It was crazy. Good for you, man. That's so that's so huge. Good for you, man. Thank you. That's unbelievable. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, what's it? What's it about? What's Easter Sunday about? Easter Sunday. It's just comedy chaos. Is that a stupid question? No, it's. it's is that a stupid no, question? Because I definitely just asked a question that I, that I know. Like I know what Easter Sunday is. So I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. I just want to apologize in advance. I thought nah. I said it. Go ahead. It, it's just everything that happens in my family on Easter Sunday, from mm. comedy to cold, uh, you know, the culture to the chaos, to everything. It's all going to happen on Easter Sunday, one day. I love it. Uh, who else? Anybody else in there? Um, we, you know, we haven't made our announcements yet. We're about to, so... Got you. So don't, don't do not Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Don't. 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 That's not what this, that's not what this is for. <laughs> this, this, uh, this podcast isn't for breaking news. <laughs> you heard it here first on Comedy Gold Mines. <laughs> Joe Coy just... No, that's not what this is. This is all about the open dialogue it's all about great conversation uh i couldn't be happier for you though man what else uh movie you're shooting a movie right now is there anything else that you want to check off uh on your list you know at this point you're in a position where doors are just going to continue to open are there any that you're trying to kick through I, any that joe coy is like fucking i gotta get there um i i want this first and foremost man i uh it is elements uh my special in his elements has been nominated for a, an Emmy. So Kevin, Kevin, if you can just call somebody, man. Let me call somebody. I'll make a fucking call right now. I'll make a Kevin, fucking call. Kevin, make a fucking call, man, man. Yeah, I got some goddamn, you know, I got some juice in this town. I'm going to make a fucking call. I know. You, hey, hey, <laughs> hey, Kevin. hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Hey, <laughs> Kevin. I know. I know. Get somebody on the goddamn phone right now. My friend Joe Coy special is nominated. Please, please give me a goddamn Emmy. Please. Okay, this is a big fucking deal, huh? huh? Is that asking Emmy. too much to get my friend Joe Coy a goddamn Emmy? He needs an Emmy, right. okay? He works hard. Give him a fucking Emmy, okay? He don't ask for much. One goddamn Emmy. You never heard Joe ask for shit. Give him a fucking Emmy. Is that asking too much? <laughs> One Emmy ain't gonna hurt nobody. God damn it. <laughs> she's, just, she's so frustrated about it. God damn, Joe's a nice guy. That's why they give me the Emmy, because I'm nice. He ain't never hurt a soul. He's never hurt anybody. Give him a fucking Emmy. Um, <laughs> yeah, they give it to him. Joe, did they give it to you? Yeah, Kevin says, don't nice worry guy it. at the bottom. I don't know what this is. Did, what did you say, Kev? Don't worry about it, Joe. Uh, enjoy, buddy. Just enjoy it. <laughs> Uh, dude, I gotta, I gotta ask you this, man. And just an important question, you know, 30 plus years in the business, has Joe Coy's team stayed the same or has Joe Coy's team changed? And that means managers, agents, lawyers, you know, has, has there been a nucleus that's grown with you or have had, have you had to make changes? No, it's been, uh, well, in the last six years, yeah, I've made a change for the better. And uh, and this team that I have now is just unfucking believable, and uh, and you know some of these decisions that I made were encouraged by this team, and and, and thank God they they encouraged me to do it because my team before this, uh, I'd probably still be selling shoes, bro. Wow, wow, <laughs> that's for real too. I mean, look, it's all about progression. It's about progression. Yeah, and once again, it's it's a it's a we. It's 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 a we in there, and. This is something that I'm getting really, really good at just understanding the importance of the we. 
um, and not the me. And it's helped me so much the more that I have uh, empowered some people that I brought around me to just be talented, be good. They, they've yeah. elevated the thing and infrastructure that, you know, that we're all within. So, you know, that's dope as hell. That's, and that's also growth, man. You know, you're, you're older, you're getting polished. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Like the, the level of understanding that we get, the older we get. Yeah. It's crazy. Truly insane. It is. It's uh, I, I love where I'm at today than where I was 12 years ago. I'll, I'll tell you that mm. much. Mm. Yeah. I, I love where I'm at right now. Uh, and I'm happy and I'm happy with the decisions I made. That's dope. Happy is the key word. If you're listening, yeah. emphasis on happy because you don't have to be, you know, the, mm -hmm. the success in money, it's an assumption that it makes you happy and that you're supposed to be happy, but it's not always the case. You don't have to be. No. So when you hear a person say that, that's special, special to find happiness yeah. uh, in what you do in your life. Um, and your purpose in general, man. Joe Coy, I can't tell you enough how proud I am of you. Genuinely, I sit here as a friend. I sit here as a fan. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan. You're fucking one of the funniest, not, not just on stage, but like in person. I want to say this. Joe Coy is one of the funniest in-person bit participators that you can ever be around. Joe Coy and I used to do bits that would last for weeks when we see each other just <laughs> ongoing bits these bits yeah. went in it's a you yeah. gotta be a special comic to know how to prolong <laughs> a bit that can just go yeah, on and on it's it's one of the things i love the most about you man all around a good guy and i thank you i thank you for letting us get into your mind today joe coy god damn it this is comedy gold mines what we do here is get into the minds. I love you, Kevin. I love you back. Of brilliant comedians. And oh my God, what an amazing mind we got into today. Joe fucking Coy. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, once again, get his book. It's called Mixed Plate, Chronicles of an All-American Combo. And what you get, what you get is truth. You get another level of truth. The man told you he, he dived in so much deeper than what he's dove in in the past. Yeah, you've heard him on stage. And if you haven't, go watch his specials. Go watch his specials. And that'll give you a better understanding of how deep he's going within the story that he's telling in his book. Uh, therapeutic to him, but it can be therapeutic to so many more. So go grab it. Why not? Why fucking not? Why not? Why not? And also, also give my friend a fucking Emmy. He don't ask for much. Emmy, that's the I got. Give him an Emmy. That's an Emmy. He didn't, that's he's not asking for an much. Emmy. Give him a fucking Emmy. Not much, man. I'm a nice guy. He's a nice guy. And last but not least, you give him a round of applause because he deserves it after this goddamn conversation. Joe Coy, I love you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for jumping on. Comedy Gold Mines is a serious XM and LOL audio production. Executive produced by Kevin Hart, Ty Randolph, and Eric Weil. With Tastemakers Media, Emil Garner, and Ian McDonald. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. So what do people get when they listen to The Late Show Pod Show? Let's, let's sell this thing. The extended moments, for sure, because we run out of time for broadcast, but we have plenty of time on the podcast. 
It's kind of like being a live audience member of the show because you get things that no one else hears. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.